Chapter 8 Izuku Midoriya fell apart from the inside out. His bones crumbled and crackled like aging cement, spilling forth dusted bone marrow. His organs shriveled and deflated, all functionality completely lost. His lungs popped like balloons. His stomach melted into its own acids. His throat closed up and twisted into a constricting knot, and his heart, whatever was left of it, a warm hand gripped his shoulder through his gym uniform, fingers squeezing into the muscles tightly enough to jolt him into awareness. It forced a blink out of him, eyes refocusing on Mr. Ayazawa's flat expression. The touch was just barely enough, putting forth the bare minimum to keep Izuku in one piece. His fear lashed and coiled around his ribs, making them creak and strain, but miraculously he stayed upright. I... I... His tongue flopped uselessly in his mouth, unable to form the syllables he needed to properly express his guilt and remorse. Tears of frustration welled up, blurring the corners of his vision. Calm yourself, young Midoriya. I promise you are safe, because we are here. All Might's boom had been smoothed and layered, a spectrum of deep reassurance instead of rattling confidence. As I'm sure Mr. Ayazawa has informed you, you aren't in trouble— we just need to have an important conversation with you, all right? Constricted pupils twitched across the deep lines of All Might's face, hewn from rock, but somehow still kind enough that Izuku could breathe again. Midoriya, when you registered for the UA entrance exam, your registration forms marked you as quirkless. That is a mistake that we need your help to correct. Mr. Ayazawa was carefully neutral, and Izuku could barely imagine having the fortitude required to be so unreadable. It is important for us, the faculty, to know everything about our students that is vital to educating them. As a hero academy, we have to know about your quirk. Understand? Y yes sir. It was barely a whisper, thin enough to slither between his teeth, bared in a smile held together with wire and twine. I'm sorry about damaging school property. Don't concern yourself with that. It doesn't matter. Mr. Ayazawa dismissed, barreling straight through his next point. What I need you to do is recount everything you know about your quirk, so that it can be officially registered with the school. His ribcage closed inward, a hellish creaking that made his breathing tight and wheezy. Midoriya, I need you to pay attention. You have my word that I will not ask anything of you that you aren't capable of, but this information is absolutely necessary. I'm... 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 Izuku gasped around the vice in his throat, one hand clutching desperately at the fingers locked around his shoulder. Because he had to. He had to find reality again. Couldn't let the fear swallow him whole. Young Midoriya. The voice of All Might was a rattle, its source gawky and skeletal. Izuku blinked in vague recognition at Toshinori, his suit hanging in awkward bunches, but his gaze no less intense, no less compassionate. You're safe here, I promise. Take your time. There was an awkward smile on his face, as if he wasn't used to wearing it in his less powerful form, and a dazed part of Izuku's consciousness found it endearing. It was helpful, that willing show of vulnerability from his idol. As much as the sight of All Might inspired safety and reassurance, there was something unsettling in the cut of his jaw, and the dark pits of his eyes, forever cast in shadow. Seeing him worn and fragile, but no less determined, no less sincere. It gave Izuku a spark of hope that he could manage the same. 
I guess I was four when it first happened. I had been playing with Kachan in the woods, and we got separated, I guess. I called his name, and he didn't answer. I don't really... There was a dog, wild or stray, and I was afraid it was going to bite me. Flashes of frothing saliva and gnashing teeth pulsed around his head, and he shivered. I was more scared than I had ever been. I thought I might die. I closed my eyes and screamed, and everything went dark. When I opened my eyes, it was dead, in pieces, like some other animal had ripped it apart. I just laid on the ground crying and throwing up, but I couldn't feel my arms or my legs. The sun was setting when I wandered back out of the woods, and the fear followed me out. I was still. It was hard to think. It didn't really hit me until that night, and I was too scared to tell my mom about what happened because... He trembled and squeezed his eyes shut, the burning of tears trickling down his face. I knew that only villains had quirks that killed. Izuku scrubbed at his face with a hand, exhaustion and a deep thrumming hurt making him wish he could just close his eyes and vanish from existence. He didn't look up, didn't meet the gaze of Mr. Ayazawa and Toshinori, because the fear still held him, still crunched him into a pathetic mess, and seeing them would rob him of the strength he needed to speak. I spent my entire childhood lying about my quirk. It was easier to lie, to say I didn't have one. Quirkless was okay, because at least I couldn't hurt anyone. I experimented with it a few times. I would sneak out of the apartment and go down an alley or to the park, and let the fear build up until it came pouring out. I'd leave damage wherever I went. Sometimes things turned to dust or wilted and burned. I used it three times, I think, before I was too scared to use it again. That changed during my last year of middle school, when I met you, All Might. Izuku twitched at the memory, a wrenching pain in his chest that couldn't be ignored, screamed for his attention. After our conversation, I wanted to just give up. I wanted to stop trying and never use my quirk again, just stay quirkless for the rest of my life. But you were right about what you said, and I i know you weren't trying to hurt my feelings or anything, so I trained with it. M my quirk. I tried using it over and over again, hoping I could figure out something, some way to make it work, and I guess I sort of did. I realized that what I felt before activating my quirk dictated what I would do. When I used it at the entrance exam, the, that girl, I was terrified and I had to save her and it, it worked, I guess. Barring the part where he'd almost traumatized a girl that had been nothing but kind to him, he reflected bitterly. Thank you very much for speaking with us, young Midoriya. I imagine it must have been very difficult to talk about. Toshinori was offering his slightly crooked smile again and Izuku stared at it in a daze before he smiled back. It felt genuine, less like the mask he wore when he was frightened, or the linchpin that kept him together when he was devastated. Mr. Ayazawa cut the moment short, his eyes cutting and perceptive, and his lips curled in thought. You say your quirk is controlled by intent. Is that what happened in the grip test? Describe your intent for me, whatever you felt in that moment. Izuku swallowed a lump of scorching dismay, his gaze drifting down to his previously injured palm. He twisted each finger, one at a time, and attempted to remove his focus from his own words. I was afraid. 
I was so afraid that I'd be the one expelled, and I wouldn't even get a chance to attend UA. I messed up during the first test, so I, I knew I had to do something. I couldn't just skate by without utilizing my quirk, and I was desperate to make an impression, to prove that I was good enough, and all that fear and expectation. Izuku reached up, fingers trailing across the fabric of his gym uniform. I could feel it building in my chest until it all just burst out, but it was different than before. I still felt loose and incoherent, but I was still me. The fear hadn't taken over. Midoriya shook from nerves under the intensity of Mr. Ayazawa's scrutiny, dark eyes searching for something buried in his naked expression. It's vague, but it'll do for now. Our next step is to update your records. A professional quirk assessment isn't strictly necessary, but we need something for your file. Your quirk needs a name and a short description. It probably won't be permanent, but take it seriously regardless. Izuku wilted at the gravity of the request, pained at the thought of having to speak further about the thing he was most afraid of. But it wouldn't be so scary if it had a name, would it? Knowing how it worked, labeling and cataloging it, just like any other quirk? Maybe that would make it less terrible. I, um, it's a transformative quirk. It includes irrational fear in the user and surrounding persons and ch channels intention into destructive energy. The form it takes is inconsistent, but usually in inhuman. It's... Izuku sucked in a breath, reminding himself that he had two of the most aptly suited heroes in the world to help him through his fear. It's called Living Nightmare. The words fell like broken bells, their dull, rusted clanks forcing a shudder out of Izuku's body. And it was still his body for that moment, and he had to remind himself that there was a semblance of control in his grasp. He had not been completely consumed. The darkness was still there, heavy and winding and dreadful. But it had a name. Living Nightmare was not a calculating horror that had ensnared him, designed to puppet his limbs and twist his ailing mind for a monstrous purpose. It was just a quirk. It was just a quirk. Succinct. I'll be sure to have your file updated by tomorrow. One last thing. Mr. Ayazawa muttered, the tense rigidness of his frame falling out in tiny increments allowing him to gradually slump back into the silhouette of impatient teacher that needed a nap, that Izuku had first seen him in. In the interest of avoiding a meltdown in class tomorrow, you're going to let any classmates that ask know that what happened was an accident with your quirk, and I pulled you aside because it was convenient timing to correct an error in your files. If you want to go into more detail, I'll leave it up to you. But thank you, sir. Midori appeared between Mr. Ayazawa's sliver of a stare and the silent support of the number one hero, a gush of forgotten hero worship staining his chest and leaving him flustered. I I'm really sorry for bothering you both about this. Hey, don't worry about it, kid. We're your teachers. Of course we're going to pitch in. Toshinori's smile was lopsided and almost teasing, in the same incomprehensible way that that nice girl's, that he still didn't know the name of, he was so bad at talking to people. Had been, when she'd first helped him. Ayazawa brought me along solely for moral support, which should be a good tell. Come to think of it, I'm pretty sure that's the only reason he ever lets me go anywhere with him. I think I embarrass him. Izuku stared blankly at Mr. Ayazawa's instantaneous glare, doing nothing to squash down Toshinori's deadpan teasing. 
and the sheer absurdity of the situation forced a laugh out of him, bright and unguarded and embarrassing, because he couldn't recall the last time he'd laughed, and had it always been so highly pitched? He flushed up to his ears when two sets of eyes turned his way, his own gaze swiftly averted. Um, sorry, did you need to talk to me about anything else? Nope, head back to class and pick up a syllabus. The rest of your classmates are probably on their way home by now. Ayazawa kept his gaze firmly rooted forward, paying less than zero attention to the obnoxious blonde idiot winking repeatedly at the side of his head. Harder to ignore were Midoriya's stifled squeaks of laughter. The kid's face inflamed with mortification. That wasn't a suggestion. Do it now. Izuku nodded frantically, sliding off the hospital bed and beelining for the door. His call of, See you tomorrow, Mr. Ayazawa, Mr. All Might, rang out just before he stumbled through the door, and that was the cue Ayazawa had been waiting for. Okay, Peanut Gallery, I have important things to do, and you're already slowing me down. Don't you have a pomade factory to endorse or something? He slipped past Toshinori without waiting for a response, nodding in vague acknowledgement to Recovery Girl on his way out. Toshinori stared at him, groaning at the aches that resulted from standing up. You're a strange man, Ayazawa, but there's a reason you're a hero. Izuku Midoriya crept almost guiltily down the empty halls of UA, the clomping impact of his bulky shoes against linoleum tile ringing out to break the silence. It felt almost wrong to be on campus past school hours, like he was up to something nefarious. Logically, he knew that faculty members were still present in the building, and would likely continue to be for a while longer. He was just so used to rigidly adhering himself to rules and guidelines, terrified of being singled out if he misstepped. But things would be all right, surely. More all right than middle school, where he was barely more than an annoyance when he even managed to blip on his teacher's radars. Mr. Ayazawa and Mr. All Might, that still felt like something from a fever dream, his idol teaching him, had been so kind and understanding that it made his chest hurt. Knowing they would try to help, knowing they would work with him, maybe tomorrow he'd be able to process it, once he'd woken up and figured out that it wasn't just a dream. The telling 1A sign caught his attention after minutes of walking, relief budding tentatively in his chest. He pulled open the intimidatingly large door and beelined for his desk, making sure his backpack was unharmed and unmolested. He'd only just leaned down to inspect the zippers when the door slid shut with a clack, cementing him in place. He should have learned, should have known that dreams didn't exist and the only thing he could rely on were nightmares. Deku, you pathetic fucking liar! Katsuki Bakugo stepped away from the classroom door, his entire body shaking and trembling with white-hot rage. Izuku could feel it in the air, like the oppressive heat of summer humidity pushing down on him. How could he have forgotten? How could he not have realized? His quirk was not a leg up, helping him move forward. It was a weighted iron shackle, packed to the brim with nitroglycerin, and if he didn't treat it with enough care, it would explode. Catch him, please! Izuku gasped out in pain when he was shoved to the floor, scrambling on hand and foot to try and right himself, to press his back against the wall. Please ain't gonna cut it, Deku! Kachan's voice crackled through the air, and Izuku flinched as if he'd been struck. He peered up into molten red eyes, his breath shortening into hysterical pants. 
You liar. You fucking liar. You fucking liar! I know you don't have a quirk. You might be able to fool that fuckhead teacher, but you can't trick me. Izuku whimpered when soot-stained hands twisted in his collar, lifting him from his feet and crushing him against the wall. Kachan's teeth were bared in a vicious snarl, his anger radiating off him in waves. You're not gonna run away from me this time! So save yourself some pain and tell me what the fuck you did! Midoriya twisted and gasped and fought for an excuse, but he knew there was no way to avoid Kachan's rage. Not anymore. I'm sorry, Kachan! He sobbed in a wretched breath, tears pouring down his face in putrid rivers. I'm sorry I lied. I'm so sorry. I, I was so scared. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't hurt you. Shut your fucking mouth! Bakugo roared in his face, his eyes manic and pupils engorged, and the dread in Izuku's gut became a geyser because he could see the fear shoved down behind Kachan's anger. You fucking loser! Shut the fuck up! You're weak! Do you fucking understand me? You've never been strong enough to hurt me! Never! You're pathetic! Don't you think I know that? Izuku's desperate shout, warbling and choked with misery, hung in the air for a long moment. Don't you think I get it? I, I know how strong you are, Kachan. You, you've always been better than me, and that's why I could never tell you. I, I wasn't strong enough not to hurt you. Don't give me that bullshit, Deku. You're worthless. There's nothing you could do that could ever threaten me. Kachan's volume had fallen, but that rage and fear and uncertainty had only thickened in his venom-infused voice. He tightened his grip on the collar of Izuku's uniform, heat radiating from his palms as the smell of explosive fumes filled the air. And I'll prove it to you. I'll fucking show you why you should have never even tried, Deku! What are you trying to prove? Izuku cried desperately, eyes blurred with tears, but still staring, still unable to look away from the fear in Kachan's burning red gaze. I, I know you're stronger than me. I know. And, and I'll prove it to you. Izuku shoved Kachan in the chest, his consciousness fracturing from the heady haze of fear that threatened to swallow him whole. The shock of the shove was enough for Kachan to let go disbelief clear on his face. Izuku could see the anger struggling to resurface, aching to explode in an inferno with Izuku at the epicenter. But he couldn't let it. He reached up with trembling fingers and ripped down the zipper of his gym uniform, yanking his arms through the sleeves and leaving his torso bare and exposed. Dark red lines traced across his torso in rigid alien patterns. The skin puckered around the edges of each one, Dozens lined across his stomach, his chest, his back, dark and angry and impossible to ignore. He could feel Kachan's burning gaze locked on them and could taste the silence in the air. Do you get it? This is what my quirk did to me, J just from using it. Can, can you even imagine what it'd do if I used it on someone else? On you, Kachan? Izuku squeezed his eyes shut unable to bear looking into Kachan's gaze, unable to handle the revulsion he was sure he'd find. When no response came forth, he shakily redressed himself, trembling so hard he could barely work the zipper. I'm sorry, Kachan. I know you don't like it when people touch you without your permission. Izuku carefully skirted around the other boy, shrugging the straps of his backpack on over his shoulders and fumbling to pick up a syllabus from Mr. Ayazawa's desk. Izuku didn't look back. 
he left Kachan alone in the classroom and headed home, accompanied only by the static in his ears.